Hello everybody, welcome to the first episode of Dungeons and Nerds. So, in this podcast, we're going to talk about board games, RPGs, sometimes wargaming like Warhammer for example, and um, all different types of nerd stuff. Maybe there's a video game or two we might add in there, but this is just an all-around sort of um, different games of sorts, you know, just having a good time while we're talking um, sometimes to family and friends in this episode, so my family, um, like, in this episode at least, we're going to be talking about Catan, one of the, um, a great board game, and also one of its expansion packs, and also D&D 5th edition. So if you enjoy that, stay tuned. So, in this section, we're going to be talking about Settlers of Catan. So the main purpose of the game is that you're going to have a board with a bunch of hexagons on it, which are like six-sided shapes. And you're, there's going to be different resources on them, like pastures for sheep, mountains for ore or rock or whatever, um, fields for grain, hills for brick, and forests for lumber. And um, basically what you want to do is you want to collect the most amount of, or you want to collect some resources and then you're also going to want to build cities. So you're going to get these cards inside the game box. I know you can't see it, but you get like a bunch of cards and each person picks a color and on your color, with your color comes like a little um, cardboard sheet. It basically tells the different things you can build. And what you want to do is you want to build um, a lot of like settlements because you get victory points, that's where you have to win the game. I got 10 victory points. But it also, wherever you build a settlement, you also get to collect the resources on that uh, on the adjacent tiles So to collect a resource. They're going to have different discs on them, and it's going to be like different numbers, all the way from 2 to 12. And basically, you roll two dice, and I'm going to roll, I'm just going to roll it here, so I'll... Um, so I, I roll a five. So there'll be um, two tiles with the number five on it. And basically um, what happens is the if there's any settlements near, beside it, there doesn't have to be, but if there is, that person will collect the resource that the five is on that tile. So if it's on a mountain, they'll collect an ore. If it's on a hill, they'll collect a brick. And that's basically the main part of the game. So, like I said before, inside there is some cards. There's also a bunch of tiles. There's also a desert tile. So that one's a little interesting. And basically, it starts, you get no resources on it, no uh, actual tile on it, or number, I should say. But it has a robber on it, or a thief. And what that does is whenever you roll, I think, a seven... You, um, whoever rolls it can get the thief and put it on another tile and block anyone from actually, if they roll that number, from getting the one on that specific tile. So, like, let's say it was on one that had a six on it. The other six would you'd be able to collect the resource from, but it's just that six can't. So it blocks anyone from around again, the resource. Also, if anyone, I think, has over seven or five, um, like resource cards in their hands they have to get rid of half of them so that's a pretty um bad thing yeah every player who has more than seven resource cards 
must select half, round down, and return them to the bank. So like just like the kind of pool of cards. So that's a pretty rough thing to have. There's also, um, on the edge of the map, there are these little ships. And you can, like, turn in resources for, like, other resources. So, like, one of these has a ship with, um, says two and one, and that has a little log on it. So you can turn two, let's say, wool or two brick or two ore, has to be the same type, for one wood. So if, you know, if you're trying to build your house and you have excess of certain resources, that could be a really handy thing to have. And um, what this, um, there's also roads you have to connect all your buildings with. Um, it's a really fun game. Um, personally, I really like it. There's a lot of different expansion packs for it. I won't be talking about that in this podcast. But maybe in a different one I might talk about. Because I own, personally, the Explorers and Pirates one. So it's all like, there's a fair bit of water-based stuff. But I won't be talking about that in this one much. Um, I'll try to add in, in anything afterwards if I forget. Oh yeah, there's also these little tiles that say Largest Army and Longest Road. And... There's night cards you can get um, in, like, the deck. Like, when you can spend some resource points to pick up, a, like, get a card. And it could, like, give you some extra free roads, could give you whatever. But there's also a night one. And you can actually steal something from another player. And, like, put the... Move the robber that we just talked about. You can move that onto someone else's tile and steal something from them. And if you have three that you used before then you get two extra victory points. And the same goes for the road one. If you have a certain amount of roads, um, and like the most amount of roads, then you actually get uh, some two victory points. So that's a really nice way to get extra victory points. That's what I always try to do. I always try to go for the road one. For one, um, then easier to, if you want to build a settlement anywhere, you're like, boom, I already have it connected to a road. It's pretty easy. But you also get two extra victory points. So I think that's a really nice addition for different play styles i like games that sort of cater to different playing styles it's really nice and um yeah i think now i will move it over to i'll just cut it here and um move it over to the next part with where i talk about it like or talk about some experiences and how um other people that i know like the game so yeah so we're back and I'm here with my mom and my dad and we're going to be sort of talking about what our opinions are on Catan. So what do you guys think is really good about the game? It moves very well. It keeps you engaged because other than the luck-based part of it, it's completely strategic. I think it's also great because when one person is winning, it can very quickly turn... And it can be anyone's game based on what you're rolling. Um, definitely. Because it is fairly strategic because what I usually do is go for a full roads-based um, game where I build tons of roads and then that way I get extra victory points because you want to get 10 victory points to win. Um, is there anything um, else that you really think is a good part of the game? The cards. You can grab up a handful of cards and if you're lucky enough, you can get victory points by building a chapel and... Um, there's another one about the knights as well. Yeah, you can get a knight, so you can move the thief, and then, um, like, you can, like, move it on someone's tile and then steal, um, steal a card from them. And if then, you get enough knights, you can get a victory point for being... Oh, um, yeah, you can get two more victory yes. points, yeah. 
And um, there's also some road building ones, which are pretty nice. You get extra roads because yes. you always need roads to attach your buildings and everything. So that's a really good part of that. Uh, I like the randomization part of it, too, because every time you like build the Catan board, it could be different depending on where the tiles and where the numbers lay. And if you have expansions, like the pirate one. Uh-huh. Every game is definitely different. Uh-huh, definitely. Because you set it up e differently each time. Mm-hmm. And depending who goes first, people will be um, placing their houses down differently and everything like that. Um, and I think the hexagonal sort of strategy is pretty good, too. It's, like, all in the corners. So you, um, you always have, like, a good amount of resources you can get based on your... Um, where your houses are settled. Yeah, and if you um, lay your houses along the coastline, you can collect extra cards, with the resource cards, based on the trading of two to one or three to one yeah. with when, when you're collecting the different cards. Mm -hmm. um, so do you th what do you think, like, it's something that can improve the game on? Like, what's something more, almost not negative, but... Something that you think it could be improved better? Hmm. I can't really think of anything. I think uh, Catan was perfectly laid out. I yeah. like the gameplay. I like everything about Catan. Like, yeah. Um, the random randomization of it. I like the idea that um, the trading of the resources. And if you don't place your your settlements in the right area, you're kind of out of luck for certain resources. And you got to mm -hmm. start trading... I think it's great. Yeah, because it can be pretty fun how like you can <clears> trade <throat> with other players, too. So you can yes. like trade resources between two people, and that can be pretty interesting. I think it was incredibly well set up. It's I... the first strategy game that I've played, and I was able to catch on quite easily, which is definitely good. Mm -hmm. I don't um, see any downfalls to Catan. The I one thing that could be a little annoying for some people is you only get a certain amount of roads and settlements and everything. Yes. And once you reach that capacity, you can't build any more of those things. Well, the game will probably end by that point. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying that yes. could be one thing that could be a little annoying. Yeah, that's true. I can see that. Um, what do you think is a type of... Like, what do you think uh, another game that could be a little bit comparable to it would be? Hmm. I'm not even sure. King of Tokyo is a bit different. Um, the zombie one's quite a bit different. This one, I think, is probably stands alone. I think it was the first of the settlement builders and the yeah. hexagonal kind of um, strategy game. Mm -hmm. So I think it's leaps and above all the others. Yeah. Um, I think some that could be compared are some of the games that have, like, the little, like, meeples and everything. Like, they're, like, little characters, and you have them on, like, boards. Like, those are usually the same style of ones where you want to have your guys on little sort of strategic points to get, like, more points or anything. I think those are a little more comparable to that. But other than that, like, um, there's not many two games I can compare to. Because no. even, like, other strategy games, like Risk, it's more... Um, domination. Yeah, domination, conquering. And this one's more almost economic-based. Yeah. What about you? It's the only, like I said, really the only strategy game that I had played... Right. In the beginning, so I really have nothing else to compare it to. Um, okay, so uh, is there any last things you want to say about Catan? Um, I think we've played some of the expansion packs, and those get a little bit more confusing when you have to 
mix up the original game and add it to the expansion, it's it does make it a little bit trickier to set that up and mm-hmm. then to sort everything back out in order to play your original game. It's yeah. definitely for the advanced player, but it adds a more challenging arc to it. I yeah. like having the pirate one with the islands. and Yeah, let's I think want that's... to talk about that now, some of the pirate um, gameplay. Sure. So with that one is it adds naval tra- like naval travel where you have um, your main island to the left of it and then you have two other islands that you can get to and you want to um, get your boats over there to collect more resources um, to build up your sort of stuff to get more of those resources. And there's other games you can play in it where you try and collect spice or gold or like be pirates. We haven't really done many of those. It's kind of con- it's a little bit confusing, like you said. Yeah. And um, but I think for like you said, more more strategic players, it could be pretty yeah. fun. And it's a blind draw hitting the islands. Yeah. You could flip it over and find more water. You flip it over and find um, mountains or bricks. Yeah. I think it's really cool that way. It also does have that gold aspect where you can pay gold Ooh, to get yes. more resources. Yeah. And you can, like, um, certain tiles, you might flip up a big gold mine or something like yeah. that. that. That's always nice. I yeah. think it's more chance than strategy. Yes. yes. The expansion packs. Because you're not digging in and building settlements now. Everyone's rushing for the islands. Yeah. It would be neat getting some more of the expansion packs, like the knights and stuff like that. Actually, yeah, that yeah. would be pretty good. Because uh, we've only tried the pirates and seafarers one, I believe. Yeah. Um, so is there any last things we want to say about that or anything like that? I would say, I would recommend Catan to anyone. I think even if you're not a strategy-based player or like an RPG person or anything, I think Catan is just awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think the first Catan we played was one that was more family-based and yeah. it was a younger introduction. And I think that was good for kids that are probably seven or eight years old that are into strategy to start them into that type of gameplay. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's done with this segment, and next we'll go, I'll introduce the next segment. So, I'm back here with my parents, and we're going to talk about D&D 5th Edition. So, um, my dad's been playing D&D for a long time, started with Advanced and Basic. So, how do you think, or what's some really good parts about 5th Edition compared to a lot of those older games? 5th Edition, what I really like is they've expanded into player characters that you could never think of back in the day. Like you can play a minotaur, you can play just about anything now. Back in the day, you had your basic dwarf, human, elf, half elf, and that was probably about it, halfling. And now you, it's, it's open to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is some like major changes that they did? Uh, major changes? They've given spells to some characters that didn't have them back in the day, like paladins, rangers. Um, I think it really helps because in the lower levels, it's nice to have someone who can heal a group outside of a cleric. Mm-hmm. And a paladin is just not just a holy tank now. He can go on and help and uh, heal people. Yeah. Sadly, I also got rid of ninjas. Yes. They were <laughs> a pretty bad class. <laughs> um what do you think of some, like, um, not-so-good changes that they made to 5th edition? Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything. I really like 5th. Uh-huh. Um, I think they've really perfected it with 5th. Yeah. Because I know they've released less books since the course of, like, how it started, like, the edition. 
But I think I've heard that they're like more detailed than yes. I feel a lot of the older I'd books. I prefer that than I'd rather have lots of quality in and wait for it than multiple books like back in the day with the Isle of Dread and like um, all the different manuals they were cranking out and uh, some were hit and some were miss and you never really knew until you got into them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to talk to my mom now. What do you think? She's not really been playing many rpgs or at all so um we started playing some dnd what do you how do you think is it very um like new player friendly um i don't think it's very new player friendly the first introduction i had to dnd was on stranger things so i was expecting a very different style of game than what we were playing obviously i knew things weren't going to come to life but it was very, very um, confusing, and you have to remember a lot of stuff. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. With how many spells and stuff there are, and with how many um, new class or classes that have spells now, I think that can be good and bad, because a paladin used to be probably a lot easier, say with a ranger, to play, because yes. you didn't have to th- remember a lot of different spells, what you want to get next what sort of um, style you're trying to go for. If you're more like smite attack based or healer based, I think that would make it um, more difficult than what it used to be. Yes. Oh, for sure. I definitely had a lot of spells that I had no idea what to do with and I didn't end up using them for anything because I just didn't know how they could help the game. Right. That makes sense. To a new player, it can be overwhelming. Like, I would say for new players probably start with your basic characters like back in the day you know fighter mm-hmm. everything like that like and kind of work your way up from there right if you're a new player that way you're not completely overwhelmed yeah um i also think that the starter kit like you know how i started playing that starter kit yeah i think it's good and bad because i know that it's supposed to introduce you into like a basic adventure, like the Lost Mines of Fandelver, where you were uh, encountering some goblins, going to a cave. But I also th- think it's bad, because I didn't know what to do at that point, because it doesn't tell you what levels certain characters get new spells, what classes there are. They give you some um, characters and just say, work with these. Where I don't think that's a very good example, because um, not many people want to make their own characters when they play RPGs. I think... That was kind of like D&D basic when it first released back in the day to kind of dip your toe in the waters of role-playing. Like back in the day when we first played D&D, you didn't make your own characters. They they gave you a box of characters like Riverwind and a bunch of the other characters, and they were preset. Riverwind was a, a human elf uh, ranger, and then you had a dwarf, and you had this, and you didn't make your own characters until... Uh, advanced and everything and i think that was just to kind of say okay here's D D. get good at this and then mm-hmm. we'll expand but i also think it's more important to show the rules because with how it did it um i didn't know you had to roll to hit at first until you told me because that wasn't in the book yes that's true yeah th- that book in general was pretty vague the one yeah. that we got you was pretty vague in its direction but at least um, you can see how role-playing is, like how you want to expand what you want to do, stuff like that. And then from there, you can 
go get maybe like a dungeon master's guide or player handbook or something like that. You know what I mean? I agree. Do you think it was a very good introduction? Um, yeah, I think as someone who's totally new to it, it's actually better that you don't have to make up your own character True. because yeah. I had no idea what type of character I would need to make up. True. I just happened to be playing with people that were experienced. Yeah. But if all three of us had never played before, oh. then that type of book would have been helpful for us to give us an idea of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, any sort of last words about fifth? Um, I really, probably out of all my role playing, I really enjoy fifth the most. I, I love the diversity of it. Um, like I said, the, the wide range of uh, characters you can play. I think it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. I, I also love the fact that Undead doesn't level drain anymore. <laughs> I, I think that's awesome. <laughs> Nothing like leveling up a character than going into Ravenloft and losing two levels. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really like it. I think fifth is they've perfected it at this point. I think it was also interesting to see that there was big maps included and we could see where the adventure was because it, as a newer player, it definitely kind of gave you something concrete to see what you were doing. Yeah, I think I'm going to expand on that a bit. And because I like looking at a lot of the source books, like, for example, at Ebron book, and it has a whole um, gazetteer so you can like see what different nations are good at, has the map, shows you where the big cities are, the ruins. I think that's really cool. So you can flesh, oh, and you can have the staples, but you can still flesh out all your own little cities in that big, bigger world. I think that's a really good part of it. I think so too. Yeah. They've really taken a lot of time to perfect this and put out a quality product. Yeah. Um, anything else? Okay, so I think that uh, is going to wrap this up, and thank you guys for listening. Hello, and thank you very much for listening. If you ever want to find me on other platforms, I am on Instagram at Dungeons and Nerds, and on Twitter at Nerds Dungeons. And yeah, thank you so much for um, listening. I hope you very much enjoyed, and I'll be trying to, maybe bi-weekly I'm hoping to do for this podcast, and trying to post every day, every other day on some of our platforms. Thank you very much.